0: Good evening. This is the playoff edition of Talking Sports with Evan. And uh, NFL playoffs starting tomorrow with a a Peacock exclusive game, as well as a number of other games. And some of these games are going to be extremely cold, as the Dolphins and the Chiefs are talking about temperatures in the negatives going into the kickoff of that game. And Pittsburgh and Buffalo talking about A bunch of snow, potentially, for that game on Sunday. But the playoff games start tomorrow. The Browns and the Texans start things off with a 3-30 kickoff in Houston. Follow that up by the Dolphins and the Chiefs, the game that I just mentioned that is going to be extremely cold. Then Sunday, you got the Steelers and the Bills, the Rams and the Lions, and the Packers and the Cowboys. And Monday night, you have the Eagles and the Buccaneers. So, in the show today, I am going to give my predictions for each wild card week uh, wild card game coming up uh, tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday. And I'm gonna break down the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys playoff matchup. Would love to get your predictions as we are live, uh, who you got winning this game, Packers or Cowboys, if you're watching live, comment. Uh, however, whatever platform you're watching it on X or on, uh, on Facebook. Facebook, it's at, uh, it's talking sports with Evan on X. It is at Evan with sports, or you can watch on YouTube, Evan with and You can watch it there as well. Going to be exciting slate of games and going to be, as I mentioned, talking a lot about that, but there's also a lot of, uh, Moving around, going on in the coaching ranks, too. Bill Belichick is no longer the coach of the Patriots. Uh, Pete Carroll no longer the coach of the Seahawks. And the Patriots' job is already filled today as Mayo, the former defensive uh, coach. I don't know if he was officially the coordinator or not, but I know he did call the plays. He is now the head coach. uh, Mayo, former Patriot player, drafted by the Patriots. Spent his entire career with the Patriots, coached with the Patriots, and always the head coach with the New England Patriots, replacing Belichick. Will where will Belichick end up? Is he going to take a year off coaching, or is he going to get right back involved? And if he does get right back involved, I have a couple play, couple options for him to go, kind of depending how games go this weekend and Monday. Kind of spoiled it a little bit by bringing up Monday. But I have a couple options that Belichick may go to uh, as the next head coach. I'm going to talk about the other openings around the NFL and what which opening I feel is the best available. And if you want to comment on which head coaching opening is the best uh, currently available, feel free to comment on that too. So, going to start with Packers and Cowboys, and the Packers and the Cowboys are t- teams that have quite the history in the playoffs. This is their going to be their ninth preseason matchup between the Packers and the Cowboys. The '90s, you had in the '90s, you had the uh, the Packers unable to get past the Cowboys in Dallas. It seemed like every year. Including a couple of playoff matchups, then uh, AT and T Stadium and Jerry World, as I call it, opened, and now the Packers kind of took control of it, winning the past few matchups between these two teams. You have the Ice Bowl in the nineteen sixties; the Packers beat the Cowboys two years in a row to get to the Super Bowl in the nineteen sixties. Troy uh, Troy Aikman's three and old lifetime against the the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers is two and zero against the Cowboys. Bart Starr, two and zero against the against the Cowboys. Brett Favre, zero three career uh, in the playoffs against the Cowboys. So they have a lot of history between these two teams when it comes to playoff history. The nineteen 19- 66 NFL Championship game, the Packers beat the Cowboys 34-27. The 1967 Infamous Ice Bowl, the Packers beat the Cowboys 21-17. 1982 Divisional Playoffs, the Cowboys beat the Packers 37-26. Packers had a long break in the playoffs after that one. The next time the teams met up in the playoffs was January 16th, 1994 in the divisional round when the Cowboys beat the Packers by 10, 27 to 17. The only head-to-head playoff matchup between Jimmy Johnson and Mike Holmgren. Then the 1994 division, divisional playoffs played on January eighth, nineteen ninety five, the Cowboys just completely annihilated the Packers, thirty five to nine. And then the nineteen January fourteenth, nineteen ninety six, the Cowboys beat the Packers once again. This time in the NFC Championship game, thirty eight to twenty seven. Then the tide started to turn. The Packers and Cowboys did not play each other in the playoffs after that. Until 2015, January 11, 2015, the Packers beat Dallas 26-21 in the divisional playoff game. That was the infamous Droptic game where the looked like Romo connected to Dez Bryant with about four minutes-ish to go in the game that would have put the Cowboys down at the one- or two-yard line. Instead, uh, originally it was ruled a touchdown on the field. No, correction, it wasn't ruled a touchdown. The Packers challenged it, and they ended up winning the challenge, saying it was incomplete, and the Packers ended up getting the victory in that one We're not going to talk about what happened with the Packers that following week in the NFC championship game. That still brings me nightmares. 2017, January 15, 2017, the 2016 divisional round playoffs. The Packers beat the Cowboys 34 to 31. And this was an exciting game because this was the one where you had Rodgers finding Jared Cook along the sidelines, somehow got his feet down to set up a game-winning field goal by Mason Crosby. A 51-yard game-winning field goal that was set up by a Jared Cook 35-yard pass on third and 20 with not much time left to go in the game. That is the Packers and the Cowboys playoff history dating back to the 1960s. And we are going to see Packers versus Cowboys once again but this time it's going to be former Packer coach Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Cowboys, taking on his former team at LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. This would be the second matchup between the Packers and the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy, the first one last year. Probably one of the best offensive games the Packers had last year. The kind of coming out party for Christian Watson and Aaron Jones just completely annihilated the Cowboys in that game. And Matt LaFleur tends to do well against Dan Quinn defenses. So there's a lot of things that something has to give. The Packers are going to have to try to slow down CD Lamb. Jair Alexander might or might not play. He is questionable with an ankle injury, a freak injury in practice where he stepped on the foot of one of his teammates in a basic jog through. And he is questionable for the game. The And C.D. Lamb is a very good and talented slot receiver. And then you got Braden Cooks and Jake Ferguson, former Badger uh, Jake Ferguson, grandson of Barry Alvarez, for those that don't know. But the Packers are going to have their hands full trying to stop this Cowboy offense, which we know Joe Barry and the Joe Barry defense is very inconsistent. I guess I'll leave it at that, to be nice. But this Packer defense up front is going to have to take control in this game to try to slow down this Cowboy offense. And the Cowboys have given up 46 sacks on the season. And that's something that maybe Rashawn Gary has a coming out party and gets some pressure on Dak, Dak Prescott and forces Prescott to throw some interceptions. Prescott in years past has been prone to interceptions. however. This year this year he hasn't done he hasn't turned the ball over as much with McCarthy taking over the play calling duties this year. Jordan Love and Aaron Jones are going to have to play outstanding games. Love has been great at pushing the ball down the field and protecting the football, 18 touchdowns and one interception over the course of the last 8 games of the season. And he's had a number of pass catchers in and out of the lineup, and Love has been able to figure out uh, where to go with the football without a number one. The Cowboys, led by Micah Parsons, who is a hell of a pass rusher, but he is one that if you're able to if you're able to block, uh, run at, you're going to take away some of his effectiveness. You saw that with San Francisco. When San Francisco ran at Micah Parsons. It kind of tired him out a little bit. Demarcus Lawrence is another tough pass rusher the Cowboy has, and Deron Bland, the human pick six machine, I believe he has six or five or six pick sixes for the Cowboys defense this season. And if the game comes down to the kicking game, I'm extremely worried. Andres Carlson has missed six kicks, including. Um, Some big ones and five extra points. And the Cowboys kicker uh, is 10 for 10 from 50 yards plus. So that could be interesting. And the Packers special teams is once again, after jumping up to, I think it was 22nd in the NFL last year on special teams. The Packers special teams is now the worst in the National Football League. Packers uh, offense, as I mentioned, led by Jordan Love, 4,100 yards passing this year, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And he's done, a. I know the 11 interceptions you point to, but he had a stretch of games where he threw interceptions trying to make a big play towards the end of games. Pittsburgh is one that stands out. The Raiders is one that stands out. But he's been uh, well protective of the football ever since, and with Aaron Jones being back in the lineup, three straight 100-yard games, the first time in Aaron Jones' career that he's had three straight 100-yard games, and for the Packers to knock off this tough Cowboy team, he is going to have to make it four straight 100-yard games. In the running game, A.J. Dillon, who played a big role in the 200 yards rushing they had last year, is doubtful for this game. Young receivers led by Jaden Reed for with seven hundred and ninety-three yards and eight touchdowns. We uh Romeo Dobbs, Dontravian Wicks, and Christian Watson is questionable if he's able to play. He is going to put some strain on the back half of this cowboy defense, who is yeah, they have uh they get a lot of interceptions. However, the um the corners are uh Subject to giving up big plays, and we'll see if the Packers can take advantage of that, especially with uh, Christian Watson back in this game. But as I've said before, uh, Matt LaFleur seems to know how to attack the Dan Quinn defense. He had a great game plan for it last year, and I hope to see more of the same the Packers are playing very good football as of late, but as I said, this Cowboy team is a very good football team. They won the division at twelve and five for a reason. They're undefeated at home, scoring over thirty points a game at home. They're going to be a very tough team to defeat. And when you look at this Cowboy defense, the big, the big uh, weapons, they're going to be. Parsons and Lawrence, who I mentioned earlier and bland bland can get beat deep, but he's also a ball Hawk that you need to account for the safety play. Isn't the best and veteran, uh, corner on the other side of bland, uh, Gilmore, he, uh, uh, pro football focus has him at a 74 rating this season. And he's a guy that you can probably get some, uh, some uh, positive matchups on. I would hope, I would expect the tight ends of Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave to play a huge role in this game, combination of blocking and helping out and chipping on Parsons and Lawrence and getting out in that flat and trying to get some yards after the catch. uh, Luke Musgrave is also a guy who can beat you over the top. Packers need to protect Jordan Love. I know that's no duh. The Cowboys have had 40 sacks on the season as a team. Most of those sacks coming from Parsons with 14. Armstrong has 7.5, and and Williams has 4.5, and and Lawrence has 4. And Dante Fowler, the vector and former Ram, is also somebody you have to account for Yeah, he's a little bit older, but he is a veteran. He knows how to attack. Thankfully for the Packers, Zach Tom has been an outstanding offensive tackle this season, and Walker has been playing some very good football as of late. Protecting Love is going to be key. The weakness up front, Myers and Runyon, they're going to have to be on their A game if the Packers expect to move the ball. And When the Packers are on defense, Dak Prescott is a second-rated quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus, and Lamb is a third-rated wide receiver. Those are the two big issues you're going to have in this game, but don't forget Pollard is a very good running back who can hit the home run. So gap discipline up front with Kenny Clark and Slayton and uh, DeVon uh, Wyatt are going to be extremely important. And Campbell Walker are going to be extremely important as well. Uh, McDuffie, if he is able to play, I know he cleared concussion protocol this week. If he is, in fact, able to play, he's going to play a key role as well. And your edge guys and Van Ness and Gary and Smith are going to have to have... Big games, getting pressure on Prescott. The right tackle is 75th out of 84 in the NFL. And he's somebody that you can get some pressure on Prescott with. So it's going to be a tough ball game for the Packers. Uh, Three thirty kicked kickoff. It's going to be a little chillier in Dallas than normal. But, hey, it's a dome stadium. They don't have to worry about that question is, is can the Packers continue their good luck in Dallas against the Cowboys or are the Cowboys just too good to overcome? And I think the big thing is, is I'm not going to, if the Packers go out and lose, I'm not going to overreact. I want to see a Packer win, but the Packers were not supposed to be here with the youngest offense in the NFL. This is supposed to be a learning and developing year for this young offense. And the offense has carried this team into the playoffs. And there's going to possibly be some growing pains as Aaron Jones uh, and Elton Jenkins and Runyon have been here before uh, in the playoffs. Myers. But the wide receivers, none of them have played in the playoffs before. The tight ends, none of them have played in the playoffs before. And this is Jordan Love's first playoff start. I mentioned on Tuesday's show with Tristan Thomas, Uh, One of the things that has really impressed me about Jordan Love is the fact that he appears to be in complete control of the offense at all times. And Tristan commented of Toss Sports Media, Toss Sports commented that his poise, his composure has been the thing that's really stood out to him this year about Jordan Love. And if Jordan Love can keep his composure, stay in control of the offense, And push the ball and not make mistakes. The Packers do have a legit shot to knock off the Cowboys. It's going to be a high-scoring game. The big thing for the Packers, and something they've struggled to do, although they've moved the football extremely well, they didn't punt at all against the Bears a week ago, but they only managed 17 points. They have to finish drives, and they have to put the ball in the end zone and score touchdowns. That's going to be key for the Packers in this one. They have to score touchdowns. They can move the ball all they want, but if they can't finish drives, it's going to be for nothing. I think the Cowboys win on Sunday, but I think the Packers' offense is going to shine in this game. I think it's going to be a 35-28, 31-31. 28 type game where the Packers just uh, aren't able to come up with a stop late in the game and the Cowboys get the win. I guess one of the positive things if the Packers do in fact lose, which I I don't want them to, I guess hopefully that brings us to the end of Joe Barry, because if the Packers lose the game, it's not going to be because of the offense's inability to move the ball. I don't think. I think it's going to be their inability to stop a very good cowboy offense led by a MVP candidate in Dak Prescott. There's other games going on this weekend. As I mentioned, you got the Browns and the Texans in Houston. C.J. Stroud making his first start in the postseason. Going up against the veteran, Joe Flacco. And... Should be an interesting matchup. The Browns have turned the ball over a lot since Flacco has taken over, but their defense is outstanding. And the Texans' offense has been explosive at times, led by C.J. Stroud. But I think the setting is too big for C.J. Stroud. I think the Browns keep the game close, low scoring, and they end up escaping at the end with the win over the Texans. The Dolphins and the Chiefs, the Chiefs have not looked good at times offensively. The Dolphins have not played well against winning teams. And the weather, the cold is going to play a huge factor in this one where the Dolphins rely on speed. I know they run run the ball a lot, but they rely a lot on speed and attacking the edge and the corner more so than up the middle with their zone scheme running. And if that field is going to be cold and slick, they're going to have a hard time hitting those corners trying to get upfield. Think the when you look at the Dolphins offense, think the the uh, the the game plan against the the 49ers ran against the Packers in Matt LaFleur's first season as the head coach out in San Francisco. Well, they just completely annihilated Green Bay, attacking the edge. That's what the Dolphins like to do too and it might be harder to do that in the conditions that you're going to play in. I think the Chiefs get the victory. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but the Chiefs do get the victory. The Bills and the Steelers in the snow. Buffalo wins that one, I think, pretty easily. The Steelers kind of backed into the playoffs. I'm not sold on them. Their quarterback position is a mess. Uh, They're it's just a complete mess, and they're going to have to probably take another quarterback this season. I already gave you my Packers-Cowboys prediction, but if you want to hear it again, I think the Cowboys end up winning a high-scoring game, probably somewhere along the lines of 31, 35-ish to 28, I believe. The Rams and the Lions, I think the Rams get the victory over the Lions, the Rams are playing some very good football. The uh, Lions have had some injuries due to playing everybody in the final week of the season. I think the Rams get the victory, beating Detroit in their first uh, home playoff game in 30 years. And I think Tampa Bay beats the Eagles. The Eagles are a mess right now. They're struggling. They have a quarterback with a finger injury who's probably going to struggle to push the ball downfield. A.J. Brown is hurt. The defense has been bad, and I think Tampa Bay gets the victory. And this is perfect segue into Bill Belichick. There are two teams playing this wild card weekend. I'm going to put Monday in with the weekend. There are two teams playing this wild card weekend that I think are options for Bill Belichick to be the next head coach. I am about, and I said this on my show on Tuesday, I said this uh, a few times this week, and I was, I'm going to, not to pat myself on the back, I was the first to say that if the Cowboys lose to the Packers, Mike McCarthy is likely out of a job, and if Bill Belichick's available, Jerry Jones is going to jump on Belichick to bring him into Dallas. Because he's gonna try to do a, a Bill Parcells all over again, thinking that getting him in there will push them over the top to finally get them into the Super Bowl, which they haven't won the Super Bowl since 1996. But he's gonna go all in to try to hire Bill Belichick if the Packers, I mean, if the Cowboys don't win on Saturday, and I don't think McCarthy's job is safe if they don't get past the divisional round with Belichick's uh, being available. The Eagles are the other spot that I could see Belichick going to. If the Eagles lose to the Buccaneers, they were going to have an epic collapse after having 11 wins at one point this season. They ended up losing pretty much out losing five of their last six. And now they sit at 11 and six. Now, sorry, they had 10 wins at one point end eleven and 6 They lost five of their last six. If the Eagles lose, I think they could pull the trigger to try to bring in Bill Belichick. Those are my two spots that I think make the most sense for Belichick. Now, if both teams win, maybe Belichick and both coaches keep their jobs beyond this year. I think Belichick takes the year off. I think he takes the year off, regroups uh, Gets uh gets basically gets into some uh commentary and these panel groups that you see on ESPN and Fox and CBS for their free game shows gives his uh, intellect there and then he goes back into coaching next year. I don't think there's a job currently available that Belichick will go to. The Raiders are a wild card, but I don't think there's currently a job opening. That Belichick will take at this point. I guess Miami could be an option too if the Dolphins get impatient and see Belichick available and think that they can, uh, they could get Belichick. So I guess there's three three teams playing this weekend that I could see Belichick going to the Dolphins, the Cowboys, or the Eagles. If one of those three or all three of them lose this weekend that's probably going to be where he ends up otherwise i think he takes the year off the current positions available right now you got the Atlanta Falcons the Seattle Seahawks Pete Carroll uh, and the Seahawks mutually agree to part ways Carroll is going to be a senior advisor Pete Carroll is going to be another one to look out for if the if the of the, Cow, the Cowboys or the Eagles job become open Pete Carroll is going to be another one to keep an eye on as possibly taking one of those jobs because I don't think he's done coaching. I don't think he wants to be done coaching. Uh, Washington Commanders, they just hired a GM, so we'll see who their head coach is going to end up being. Likely be Ben Johnson from the Lions, but Mike McDonald, the Ravens' defensive coordinator, is an option. Frank Smith, Dan Quinn, uh, Raheem Morris, Brian Callahan. The position that's surprising to me that's available, the Tennessee Titans, Vrabel is a very good football coach. I don't understand why the Titans decided to pull the trigger and let him go. Be careful what you wish for, I guess is what I'll tell Tennessee. You had a very good football coach and you want to – I don't think you're going to do well with whoever you hire. It's probably going to take a couple of to get the position right. The Los Angeles Chargers job is available. I know a lot of people are predicting and putting Jim Hardball, Hardball at that position after leading Michigan to the national championship. But reality, the Chargers are known to be extremely cheap when it comes to hiring head coaches. And I think... Uh, he, uh, Jimmy might be a little bit out of the Spinos is price range. The Las Vegas Raiders position is available. That is where I think hardball ends up. I think he ends up in Vegas. I think Mark Davis is not afraid to throw a lot of money around. And I think that's where he ends up. Carolina Panthers position is available. They, they have a young quarterback in, in Bryce Young. But they, and they have a very good defensive player in Burns. And they have a solid defense in general and a couple pieces on the O-line. But the wide receiver position is a mess. The running back position needs work. Quarterback position is a question mark. I I don't know if that's the job I would want, to be perfectly honest. I think out of all the jobs, just by talent level, the best position out there is the Chargers. Because you got Herbert. You have very good pieces along both sides of the ball in in Los, in Los Angeles. And I think that would be a very high-profile job for anybody. I just think the ownership is too cheap to make a big name. I think the Falcons job is very appealing to me. I know they don't have a quarterback, and they have to get that quarterback position right. But you have some good, skilled position in Bijan John Robinson, who uh, showed flashes as a rookie. But Arthur Smith, I don't feel, used him correctly. You have a very talented tight end and a young wide receiver who's still, to me, figuring it out and asc- ascending. So I think the Falcons' job and the Chargers' jobs are probably the two best jobs available. So thank you so much for watching this Friday playoff edition of Talking Sports with Evan. I appreciate you all for tuning in. For those that watch live, thank you. For those that will be watching at a later time, thank you. I appreciate it. And I will get back at you uh, Monday as I'm off work. I'll probably do a Monday afternoon talking sports with evan recapping hopefully what becomes a packer victory over the dallas cowboys have a safe weekend everybody if you're in the area of the snow in wisconsin area be safe drive safe and i'll get back at you next week talk to you later everybody